welcome you to episode two of the Wildstorm Addiction podcast. And we got a very special episode today. We have deviate artist Rebecca Isaacs with us. So, Rebecca. Hey. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Like I said, it, it's, uh, it's really cool when, uh, when the creator agrees to, you know, do interviews like this. And, and especially, as we'll talk about later, when you agree to help us with contests, like you do it, like you're doing oh, yeah. at the Gen 13 board. So, um, but we'll yeah, I'm excited that. about that. When is that going to be, uh, when's the deadline for the contest? July 1st. We usually give our members, uh, three months to complete their, um, uh, any, any of the contests we do. So, cool. so anyway, and with me, of course, uh, helping is Ben. That How are you doing, right. Ben? Pretty good. You sound better. You sound, you know, sound as tired as like <laughs> Yes, thank you. For, for those of you that don't know, I have a lot of health issues. So I've been in and out of the hospital, and I'm glad to be out. Yes, we're all glad that you're out. <laughs> thank you. Aww. So, anyway. Very dedicated. Yeah, he is. He is. He came right out, and he was like, oh, no, we got to do episode one. And I'm like, you know, we don't have to. I'm like, I don't want you to pass out in the middle of it. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just hear a thud, and then Ben... Ben? <laughs> we made it through. Yeah. And you're too far away for me to poke you with a stick to see if I can get you awake again. Yeah, so, you know. Know. Anyway. All right. <clears throat> All right, Rebecca. Well, um, let's, we, we, we do have some, some questions, and we tried to mix it up a little bit because we realize you've done a ton of interviews on DV8 because, <laughs> as I'm sure you've figured out already, this is – I mean, as soon as they announced you two guys on it, I mean – the, the boards lit up. I mean, it was just like everybody yeah. was so excited, and so you know, I was uh, I was amazed at how interested and intrigued people were by it because you know when Brian and I first talked about it, he was I think he was under the impression too that it had just kind of faded from everyone's collective memory and that you know maybe we'd be lucky if five people were interested in it. <laughs> Because, like, you probably heard you know, or, or read him describing in interviews how he pitched it for so long and how no one at Wildstorm really thought that there was a chance for it to do well. So he really did not expect much of a response from fans at all. And I, I you know, felt the same way because of that. And we were so shocked and so pleasantly surprised to see so many people get excited about it online. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and mostly... You know, and honestly, that that's you guys that they're getting excited about. Because obviously, we like the characters, but I mean, the the industry nowadays is obviously more about creative teams. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, and um, so so just know it's because you know, obviously, the fans love you guys, and they, you know, and it's true. You know, I mean, that, that's 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 the that's the the turn the industry has taken. Yeah, and, you know, so it's true. Yeah, people follow creators, you know, and that's what, I think that's what got us excited too is because like oh cool you know look who's coming on you know to this book and that's going to bring people who have never given wildstorm a uh, try oh yeah yeah i mean and and brian was such an interesting uh choice for something like that you know i mean obviously he chose the book but you know i, I don't think that i can't imagine that anybody really expected that would be the next thing that he did yeah yeah it was a nice surprise so yeah so so how did you get your start in the industry um i um most of it started with my time at uh, in college at Savannah College of Art and Design. And I don't know if you know much about that school, but they have um, an entire department for sequential art. 
and I got my bachelor's degree from there. And they with connections and, you know, making connections in the industry and setting you up with people that you can keep in contact with after you graduate. And, and there were several people, several editors that I met during my time there that I kept in contact with after I, um, after I graduated. Um, and so I was constantly submitting my work to editors at Marvel and DC, but I wasn't quite good enough when I graduated to get that kind of work. Uh, so I was lucky enough to get a few villain issues of a series called Hack Slash at Devil's Due through one of my classmates at SCAD who was working for them at the time. And um, I did a lot of Devil's Due work for the next two years. And after that, it was kind of a dry spell. I wasn't able to get any other, you know, visible work. Um, And I... I just kept submitting, kept submitting, and one editor in particular that I submitted to a lot was uh, Will Dennis at Vertigo, and he he ended up passing my work on to Ben Abernathy, who's our editor on DV8, of course, and um, also to Brian eventually. And so they, you know, when they got together to find, you know, to confer on which artists to use for the series, I guess they had both seen my stuff at that point, and they luckily chose me <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we just talked about your stuff on on the latest podcast and it really is great it's a perfect match for those characters it is it's, uh, thanks it's i feel incredibly lucky to have gotten a book like this you know like right out of the gate i mean i had a miss marvel fill-in issue you know, before then right before i started on dv8 um and you know to be able to jump straight into a really visible mini series like this i was incredibly lucky yeah. Uh, Rebecca, what were uh, some of your artistic influences, either when you were in college or, you know, as you were breaking out? Uh, my, I don't know really uh, what to say when people ask me that because my influences are not visible at all in what my work looks like. Um, right. In in school, I was a huge admirer of. David Mazzucchelli and J.P. Leon, like these really, you know, heavy, dark, um, you know, brush work inkers. And, um, and it, I mean, you know, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, really? Because it just doesn't come across at all. Um, but I guess I, they, I was influenced more by them in terms of storytelling. Um, and then style stylistically it's kind of weird because at scad we were really encouraged to not look at professional work in order to inform our style um you know they really wanted us to develop it on our own even if that took years and years and years um so i you know i didn't really look at many other artists and say like i want to draw just like that at one point though after i got out of school though I kind of cheated a little bit and I, I did start to like obsess over Steve McNiven work. Mm. Um, and that, you know, I, I really started to think like, I want it to look, I want my work to look just like that. But I, I mean, I've moved away from that a little more, you know, and added my own uh, stuff. But I think that's what made my style like really clean and precise. And, you know, that, that looking at those, that kind of work made inform my style in that way. Mm-hmm. One one thing I noticed about about the issue, and I um, commented on the podcast, was that 
you know, I'm I'm big into movies, so it's almost like if you were picking the scenes from the movie, you know, of the DVA God of Monsters, and you're like, okay, this scene is what they need to see, and then this one is what they need to see. I mean, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do try to keep that in mind, definitely, because, I mean, like, obviously, as an industry, we're competing with the film industry now, and I... I get kind of resentful, you know, about the fact that it seems like so many comics are just being made to then later turn into movies. And so I feel like if, if we're going to compete with that and we're going to, you know, try to prove that comics are just as viable of a storytelling medium as film or television, then we have to make them equally as dramatic. And, you know, if you're, if you're telling a really action-packed story, it needs to be just as bombastic um, as any, you know, TV show or movie. So... And, you know, I think it, that's become really popular in the, in the industry lately for that reason, these really widescreen shots and widescreen action, because we do have to compete with mediums that have already been using that, those techniques for decades. Yeah, this, is, this issue in particular, I mean, each panel is very storyboard-esque. I mean, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Each oh, panel. thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's definitely, you know, what I was going for. I mean... Because you don't want to, you don't want somebody to look at your book and think, "Oh, this is really cool," but it would look so awesome in a movie, you know. Like you, you just want them to look at it and think, "Man, this is as cool as it's gonna get." Yeah. Um, you were talking a little bit about how how you got into the project, how you your work got passed around, and like you said, Brian got a hold of it, and um, so once that happened. How much input did you have as far as story and the character design, which obviously the characters got redesigned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, heavily. <laughs> um, Brian actually had he had a pretty good deal of input in the character design, um, which was great because he had really amazing ideas. Um, but he never he never went so far as to actually draw something out for me, you know, and say like just do this in your style. Um, he gave me before we ever got started on pages, he gave me a really long uh, description of just some basic ideas for what he wanted the characters to look like. And maybe like musicians or rock stars that had a similar look. Um, You know, he sometimes sent me um, JPEGs that he'd found on Google image search of, of items of clothing that he thought that he ran across and thought, Oh, this would look really cool on this character. And, um, but one thing that he specified that really helped me a lot in the character design process was that he wanted all of their costumes to be based on actual items that they could go out and buy in the real world, either, you know, online or in a store. And so I, I did a lot of uh, Google searching, trying to find things that if you bought them and then tweaked them a bit and maybe customized them in, you know, either the color or the function that they would actually look like what they're wearing. And all of the items that they're wearing are based on actual pieces that I found online, like even thresholds, um, shoulder pads. They're like these crazy paintball BMX pads that I found somewhere that, I mean, they were really, um, you know, outlandish, like obviously not very utilitarian. They were more, you know, form over function, but those pads actually exist somewhere out there on, in some catalog somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, did everybody hear that? That's your Halloween costume. Go look for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's actually really cool to see the research that you put into that. I mean, I actually work in the fashion industry, so oh, cool. to see you go that far, that's that's really cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brian really wanted to emphasize that a lot, you know, because when you think about a team like this, I mean, they they have a pretty big backing group behind them, obviously, who funds them and who takes care of them. And but would they really, you know, be able to like mass produce their costumes? Maybe not, you know. And I mean, these kids are very independent at the same time, and so it would make sense that they would go out and and want to custom design their own look because they're not a team in the sense that they have matching uniforms or anything, or even like a, you know, a cohesive, um, goal. <laughs> yeah. Re- real quick. I just want to ask about freestyle. She's the one that, that seemed to got changed the most. Yeah. Is there a story behind that. Basically it was just really hard to find reference for her and she didn't seem to be very well fleshed out even, you know, even personality wise, like it was really hard to tell what kind of character she was or even what she looked like because she changed so radically from appearance to appearance. And there were lots of books where she just never showed up at all. Um, So we just felt like, you know, if we're a fresh take on all of these characters, she would probably be a good one to just completely start with a, a clean slate on. Um, and, you know, I hope that fans won't mind that. It didn't seem like, like, even trying to find fan art or anything of freestyle was really difficult. So it didn't seem like she had ever um, garnered a huge fan following because of that, because she just showed up so rarely. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully we won't take a beating for that. But <laughs> Yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, well, you... You actually got a chance to hit every single character in this first issue, which I think is great. I was just wondering, do you have a favorite already, and um, why? Oh, man. That's really hard. Um, I really I really like all of them, and I was saying in an interview earlier that I relate to them all in different ways. Like, I mean, I think I, like most people you know, have parts of our personalities that we're not really too proud of and that we wouldn't want to tell other people about. And, you know, all of these characters have part of that in them that I think anybody can relate to, even if they don't want to admit it. And so it's hard for me to pick a favorite personality-wise because I think I relate to all of them in that way. But Maybe maybe a favorite to draw. Yeah, a favorite to draw... Um, I really, I really like drawing anything with Matthew and um, Hector, uh, Threshold and, and Powerhouse, um, because they they just get to like freak out and tear crap up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to swear on here. <laughs> no, no, that's good. This may be a crazy question, but you're talking about you know relating to their personalities. How do you think you relate to Bliss? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, she's able to really easily take advantage of people. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) this is probably like psychological, but I think like every every female, you know, at some point has to decide whether they want to use, you know, their powers over men for good or evil. (laughs) So I think, you know, most most women can probably relate to that character, maybe a little stronger than most male readers could. <laughs> yeah. No, we already established in our review that that, that you, you guys have created almost like a psychological study of these characters with this story. It looks like yeah. it just from the first issue. So, so you know, yeah, throw, all, definitely. throw all the psychology you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it is a lot like a character study. And when, I mean, when you say that, it sounds kind of, you know, when, when I hear the words character study, I, it sounds kind of boring, you know, like it's going to be some, you know, European art film. But um, <laughs> Brian manages, manages to make it really interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of action and a lot of, you know, like I said, tearing crap up and <laughs> explosions and, you know, ton, tons of battles. I mean, we get into some of the most ridiculous battle scenes I've ever seen in the later issues. So, I, I mean, it's it's definitely not boring yeah. at any turn. <laughs> Speaking of Brian Wood, and be honest with this question, how is it really to work with him? Because all of us, I know I see him as this really deep guy, you know, it's like, it's like I, you know, that's my perception of him. I mean, what is it really like to work with him? I, I mean, just really easy. Um, you know, you would think he'd be, like, really standoffish and... You know, because he he is, you know, he's considered, I guess, like a in, very intellectual writer mm-hmm. um, in the comics industry. And so, you know, you might expect that he would be very standoffish and very taciturn. But he's just, like, a normal, cool dude. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he's really easy to talk to. He's, like, you know, I, I, I feel like he treats all of his collaborators as, like, just one of his friends, and that's really cool, you know, like, or part of his family even. And um, he's, I mean, he's really laid back as far as feedback and corrections and, um, you know, the collaborative process go. You know, he really, he tries to leave it, leave as much of it, it up to you as he can and only step in if it, you know, if he really has a much better idea, something that will really um, make the book shine more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been pretty good about coming in and answering questions at the official boards. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's really cool, too, in, in that, you know, he's not, like, on this cloud above his fans. You know, he's, like, <clears throat> interested in having a discussion and keeping, you know, the lines of discussion open with all of his readers. And um, he's just super down-to-earth. Yeah. Speaking of that and his uh, role on the boards, he's mentioned that, you know, these characters will be brought up to speed with the current Wildstorm universe. I was just wondering, you know, would you consider either working with Brian or these characters in whatever role that they're going to take place later on in the future or maybe a sequel to this series? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I really have no idea what's going to happen with this afterwards. Like, I know that Ben said that, um, uh, you know, like you said, they're going to be caught up to speed with the rest of the universe. And so I'm, I'm assuming like, I'm sure everyone is that it is going to continue, but I don't know exactly what the plans are, if there would be a plan immediately after this one wraps up. But, um, if, if the timing was right, I would love to keep working with these characters and especially with Brian. Um, I mean, I do have a few things lined up afterwards, but you know, who knows what'll happen after that. Yeah, how far in advance do you have the entire 80 issues done? or Because this seemed like it was announced a long time ago. You know, and in fact, it almost seemed like Brian Wood kept saying, yeah, I'm trying to push it to get you know earlier, but they won't let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, DC keeps Brian so busy, too. You know, we, we've had um, – we were originally slated to finish a little earlier, but, you know, he's writing, like, over four issues – you know, four or more issues every month, which is – 
a gigantic workload for any writer. So, uh, you know, I've had a little bit of time to relax in between issues, which, you know, is nice. I can't complain about that. Um, but luckily, we, we've still been able to get up to the end of issue seven now. I just finished issue seven. So we're still going to be really caught up. They let you relax? They don't chain you to a chair until you're done? I thought that was Wallstorm's, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was Wallstorm's new policy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, they just try to, you know, keep the fear of God in you. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're they're like I mean the whole everybody who has been working on this book has been so you know relaxed and familial and um, they're you know they're really awesome guys to work with. I've never felt any sort of you know pressure to get this done any faster than I could manage. There there hasn't been any strain with the uh, uh, difference between working in New York versus California or anything. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know what time these guys get up in the morning, but I'll write emails to Ben sometime and like, you know, eight my time and I'll get a response from him in like five minutes. So Yikes. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're like on top of things, but um, no, no, there's never been a problem with that at all. See, because Ben is the one who's chained to the chair. That's why he, he can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> just well, him. he just had, you know, his his wife and, and him just had a baby, too. So I'm sure that that, um, that reduces sleeping hours considerably. Yeah, it's a different kind of alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. What other Wildstorm characters or titles would you like to tackle besides DV8? Um, I... I hate to admit it, but I actually haven't read any other Wildstorm books besides <laughs> Ex Machina. Um, but just from what I've seen, I would—I think I would really enjoy working on The Authority someday. Um, just aesthetically, I think I would jive really well with that. And I, I love the designs that uh, go along with that book and all the things that Brian Hitch designed, even though I hate the carrier so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, Brian and I joke around about that all the time, how many times he's made me draw the carrier for this book. And <laughs> But you do it so awesomely. I mean, that was one of the things we commented on was that big two-page splash of the carrier flying away from that exploding planet. It was beautiful. I mean. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it turned out great. And, uh, you know, in the end, it always looks really good. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a pain in the butt. I mean. Luckily, Photoshop helped a little bit with that. I was able to, you know, go back in and copy and paste my own drawings every now and then if I needed to. <laughs> uh, so that helped a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I was just hoping you weren't going to admit that you copied and pasted Brian Hitches from the original run. Oh, or no. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. <laughs> don't admit that on the air. <laughs> no. I don't think it's cheating if I'm copying and pasting myself. I don't know. No. No, that's okay. I'm sure that there'd be somebody out there who would, you know, find a problem with that. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, if it if it saves me time and it's my original work, <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing it. See, Joe's, Joe's just trying to retain you. We like to keep our favorite creators in Wildstorm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't like to share. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rebecca, would you ever uh, do a creator-owned project for Wildstorm or a different publisher yeah absolutely um actually huh, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna make a really gratuitous plug here but um i'm my next project is creator owned book with uh, 12 gauge which is an imprint of image 
And um, it's with my boyfriend, actually. He's writing it. So we're we're working on that right now. And um, that's going to be coming out in the fall. So, I mean, I love creator-owned projects. I think there's so much freedom allowed with that. And um, it seems like Wildstorm has been putting out some really interesting creator-owned titles lately. So, and that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't held back from that. That's cool. Good plug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> it's called Magus. Look it up in fall <laughs> 2010. Called it's called what again? Magus. M-A-G-U-S. Ah, okay. Cool. Should be, should be coming out in November. Okay, we'll definitely check that out. And I'll get the guys over. You said it's coming out through Image? Uh, yeah, 12 Gauge, which is part of Image. Right now. Oh, okay. Then we'll talk to the guys at Image Addiction. Maybe we can uh, set up something with them. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you for allowing me to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's all about moving moving everything forward and promoting and cross-promoting. I mean, that's why we that's why we do talk about the creator stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think there's been a big push uh, lately with creator-owned projects at Wildstorm. You know, they're, I mean, it seems like they've kind of been the the victims of, like, a bad reputation in the industry. I'm not really exactly sure where that comes from because I'm not really familiar with the universe and with the previous books. But, you know, it definitely seems like people don't expect the highest quality from them for some reason, which is strange because I feel like if they gave them a chance, they would, you know, that would change their minds. So I think there has been a big push to change that by putting out really, you know, high quality, high profile creator owned projects. And I think that's awesome. You know, it's definitely the best way to approach it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Wildstorm left a lot of people uh, with a bad taste in their mouth you know and, and we've been trying our best to promote it and say no look there you know that whole thing like we just said that you, that you guys you know you're part of it too because you you know you've got your stuff so far ahead I mean there's almost no way that, that it's going to be late you know and that used to be a big yeah. problem you know so that then and you know as fans I know I've heard all kinds of people talk about how they appreciate that I know we appreciate it too as fans you know yeah um yeah, I think it's awesome they're emphasizing that, you know, to always have the book ready on time when it's promised. Yeah. I mean, when you have to use that to promote yourself nowadays, it's like it'll be on time. You know, even Astro City, you know, C2E2 said, and there will be no delays. It's like, why does that even have to be part of it now, you know? I know, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the the bigger publishers are guilty of it as well you know but i guess if you know when you're a smaller imprint you have to worry about it more because when it happens to you it stands out more you know it's on a smaller scale so mm-hmm. okay we got <clears throat> we got one more question for you we'll make this last one fun cool um which superpower would you like to have and why oh wow <laughs> <laughs> let's see um would Huh. I, I, you know, I, I think I would have to say flight just because, I mean, this is super boring, but <laughs> I love to travel, but I hate getting on a plane and I hate public transportation. There's always somebody on it that just bugs the daylights out of me. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like this grouchy old lady going everywhere complaining about all the, you know, 
bratty kids running underfoot. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like already 80 years old. Um, so I think, you know, just being able to pretty much snap my fingers and be wherever I want would be pretty awesome. I don't know if I would use it for good. I don't, I think I would use it entirely <laughs> for selfish reasons. <laughs> I suppose if I saw someone, you know, at the top of a burning building on my way to Paris, maybe I would stop and help them out, but <laughs> no promises. <laughs> no promises. I got to be in Paris in five minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, my brunch is waiting for me. <laughs> Remember too, you have to carry your own luggage when you do it that way. So yeah, that's uh, true. Either that or travel light. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So many other <laughs> things to consider. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Ben, do you have any other questions before we, uh, wrap this up well i was just thinking along the lines of pop culture i i didn't know if you've seen any new movies lately kick ass or losers or are looking forward to any movies that are coming out this summer like iron man 2 or anything if you wanted to comment on those i know it's a different medium but i mean the two mediums like you said earlier are are starting to cross a lot more than they have in the past yeah definitely um and I, I did see Kick-Ass. I, I loved it. I haven't read the book, though. I hate to say it. I haven't read the book. So I don't really know how to compare better. the two. Really? I've heard that the movie was better. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. kind of makes me sad because I'm one of those people who's always like, you know, a good comic book cannot be made better in a movie. Um, but maybe it was just the kind of idea that translated so well into a motion picture and in, into moving images, you know? Um, I loved it. That was so awesome. Um, I think yeah. that the majority of comics, though, just can't be translated effectively. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, the examples that work best with that are all of the Alan Moore stories that have ever been translated into movies. Because his stories are always so multi-layered and they're told in ways that just simply cannot be put onto a screen into movie images. Um, but, you know, some stories that are just really straightforward and fun and action-packed, like, you know, Kick-Ass, I think I can I can see why a book like that would probably make a really great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I always, I describe it to people as the, the trade was Mark Millar, it is Mark Millariest. And the movie, the movie, all they did was insert some heart, and that's what changed it. So, ah, uh, but um, anyway, I need I need to read it so I can make you know full, you know, judgment. But it was really great, and I'm, I'm of course I'm looking forward to Iron Man too. And I can't imagine anybody could not be after seeing the preview. You know where he, where the suitcase builds the suit around his arms. Like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> see that? That's what you take with you to Paris. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> So all I need to do is, you know, find a way to steal that from Iron Man, and I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for those of y'all out there, just remember that we do have the uh, <clears throat> the DV8 contest going on at the Gen 13 uh, DeviantArt Club. And as we said earlier, Rebecca Isaacs has been kind enough to offer a, a sketch to the winner. So that that's going to go until July 1st. So just go over, join the club. It's free. Yeah. And uh, draw your favorite TV8 character. And so we'll see we'll see uh, who we pick in July. And thanks yeah. again, Rebecca, for agreeing to do that. That was really cool of you. Oh, no problem. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much just for coming on. I mean, 
we're in our second show and you know yeah. we got an awesome creator to come on and talk to us so we Absolutely. both thank you very much and we hope all the wild storm fans out there appreciate it thanks well, thank you guys so much i really appreciate it and it's it's really great to have people like you out there who you know um stick with these books and stick with the company and like really show its support every every turn of the way it's awesome all right well thanks again and thank thank all of you for listening and go buy dv8 yes, <laughs> yes definitely <laughs>